Welcome to the Teed Up Stories podcast for the week of Wednesday, November 12th, 2014. Every other week, we bring you an array of interdisciplinary arts, stories, and ideas surrounding a specific theme for Trinity Western students and alumni. I should mention that the views expressed on the show do not necessarily reflect those of the Administration or Alumni Association, but we really hope you like it. Today's theme is fear. Today on the show... Trinity students share the scare stories. Some Trinity students share stories of their scariest moment. A song from Michaela Fuqua about getting up the courage to talk to that boy. And a bit of Reader's Theater, Clark Strong. Stay tuned. Talking about actual fears, like what we're truly afraid of, like afraid of the dark. I talk about that for hours. There's a good show called that. Oh, I'm afraid of that show. It came on after Goosebumps. Oh, that dude. I always wanted to read those, but I was I was always terrified to read them. I'd read like three pages and then get so scared that I couldn't. They were creepy books. They were straight up creepy, man. Except for there was one where it was these kids in this fortress kind of thing, and they went out to play in the woods, and the whole buildup was super scary. It was me and my buddy. We were like seven years old in his bed, just trembling while reading it. Mm. <clears throat> and they get to the woods, they play, and they go back to the woods. And then all of a sudden, they're sleeping in this dark room, and they hear somebody break into the house. And they're like, oh my gosh, what the heck? The door bursts open, silhouette of a wolverine. <laughs> and you're like, what the heck is happening? Everybody's freaking out. And then all of a sudden, the wolverine stands up, hands him this kid his jacket, and goes, you forgot your jacket, stupid. And that's how the story ends. <laughs> what? That was a goose, goosebumps story? Yeah. Like, it built it up to this giant joke. But I was That's terrified crazy. all the way up to, you've got your jacket. <laughs> you guys ever do book reports in, in school? Yeah, I did totally. a book report on Goosebumps, but you I never did. actually read it. Nice, classic. It cool. And that was before Sparknotes, hey? <laughs> didn't even note that stuff. Did you get a good grade? No, it was terrible. I think everyone knew I didn't Because it. it was, like, really based on the title. <laughs> so it was like... About the title, basically. Well, the first scary part was when the geese came and attacked him, and then the bumps came along, and that was even yeah. scarier. I think it was just like something simple, like a swamp monster. So I just did like a big poster. Oh, the swamp monster! Swamp monster. I was terrifying of that one. That was like the scariest one. Good thing I didn't read it. Once yeah. I was going to the Titans practice through the shortcut of, for the fields, mm. and I heard like a dying goose. Then geese being like, ah, <laughs> uh, in the complete darkness in that shortcut. Oh. And there is afraid even to go to that dark place. So uh, while hearing that voice, I started like going back a little bit. Then I said, no, I have to continue the way. <laughs> then when after like reaching three quarters of the ro- route, I started running back in the dark. (laughs) 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 And I didn't see where the ground even, so I was running and I was afraid that I could fall in the pond or something. And that uh, the 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 ducks, the the goose stopped 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 doing that voice when I went away. But when I came to the pond again, it started doing it again. (laughs) (laughs) So did you ever make it where you wanted to go? No, I went back. 
I started running in the dark. <laughs> I can't handle this. Yeah, man. Where's that goose coming from? Um, so sigh. So with that with that intro, I want to introduce the people that are with us right now. Um, you call me Charlie. We've got Charlie over here. His real name is Jesse. No, no. Uh, to my right and across from me, we have Marty. You might know him as Martin Ibrahim. Martin! He's the one afraid of the goose. <laughs> and then we also have Peter Wokel. He's hey, hey. standing on a chair right now. I'm obviously next in line. So <laughs> you just skipped around. Yeah, you just straight up skipped I'm him. going by height. At best. What? Okay, I'm clearly <laughs> shorter than both Jesse and Martin. We're standing on a chair right now. Oh, good point. And then, and then, I, have, and then I have Danny. Your word choice is Danny DeVito. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. Oh, Danny's... Uh, oh, Danny I made a lot of noises just now. Um, so, uh, welcome to the show. Loud noises. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. So we're talking about fear. Does anyone else have a good Still fear story name. like Marty? Uh, it's pretty dumb. Go ahead, Davido. No, we don't. We don't care about dumb. It's good, like it's good lead up. Like, we don't judge. Yeah, people can think about it. I can start with like kind of a, a lesser story. All right. Mm. Let's hear the lesser story. When I it was a, it's kind of a running story like Marty's. When I was younger, um, I used to to walk to school, and it was dark in the morning because it's Chetwin, and it's always dark because it's always winter, <laughs> and um, there was like. <laughs> this gully so you would kind of go into this kind of foresty area and then come back out and you would be in like the back part of the school so when you go down here there'd be like um a big uh like street light at the end of each side of the gully but when you would go down into this gully the one at the far end would start flickering sometimes and it would even go out and my sister would walk with me and she's two years older and she would always tell me that like when it starts flickering that means the vampires are coming oh <laughs> how old were you um I think I feel like I was pretty young. <laughs> this was last year. <laughs> I was fairly young. I was I was young enough that she was faster than me. Mm. Which like, she wasn't faster than me for very long. That's the Is she point. taller than me? I don't yeah, know if you've met like, Danny, but he has very long legs. And she's like five foot four. So like his oh, legs wow. are five foot four. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but anyway, I just she told me that, and then one time it, the light flickered like that we were standing at at the far end. And the one at the other end was bright, so the flickered and then went out, and I just booked it. I ran as fast as I could, and I fell in the middle of the gully, and I just, like, rolled to the side under the bushes and hid. <laughs> I was late for school because I hid, because I was terrified that these vampires were, like, wow. right there. Damn. And my sister said Damn. nothing. <laughs> nothing. How dare she? Classic older sister move, right? Honestly. Yeah. I don't have any, but... I have an older sister. I can sister. only imagine... Did you say we all don't have any? No, I said I don't have any. Okay, who's got a story? It sounds like you do. I, who said I do? I feel like Peter's got one. The local himself. No, I'm not scared of anything. Fearless. What about stories of other people? Yeah, scaring other people? Because I, <laughs> oh, yeah. my brothers, I told them that a homeless man lived in our garbage can outside. And for three months, I had to take out the garbage because they would not go to the garbage, and I got in trouble with my mom. That's classic. So I was just got screwed all over that story. Yeah, yeah. But they would got care, they wouldn't go out the near the garbage cans at night. That's my quick story. Go That's on, pretty Peter. Good. Finish yours. One time, uh, we, me and one of my best friends were walking. Uh, we were walking to like the convenience store or something, and there's this fence, like this chain link fence. And he was on he was on one side and I was kind of on the other 
and we were coming up to the end of it, and those chain link, fin chain link fences have like those kind of sharp edges on them, you know, like at the end of the fence where they where they cut the chain link or whatever, and it's kind of sharp or whatever. And so there's a hedge along the fence, and it was kind of dark. You kind of couldn't really see each other, and my buddy's like super. He gets super startled. So I went up to the end of the fence, you know, and I was gonna, I was gonna startle him, and he comes up to the end, and I like jumped on him, and, went, and he got super scared and jumped into the fence and <laughs> tore a massive hole in his shorts, and so then like, so he, he's got this massive hole in his shorts, you know, like you can totally see his underwear and everything, and and so I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, Marty, that was super funny, but still, uh, like you want to head back. You can grab some new shorts or whatever, and he was just like, he really wanted some Doritos or whatever. So he was like, nope, we're going. So we just like walked down to the, walked down to the Seven Eleven, giant hole like right down the middle of his shorts. Got his Doritos. Got his Doritos. Mm. Faced his fears. I'll tell you what. I actually a just remember a mm. terrifying story with Kevin Schmidt. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> This yeah, is probably was... the most scared I've ever been in my so this is at Trinity? whole entire life. This what, is, where were, this when is you not were on Trinity campus, okay. but it was my time here at Trinity. Okay. And you were roommates with Kevin Schmidt? Roommates with Kevin Schmidt, probably for six months now, so still a semi-new relationship. And he's like, hey, let's go have a bonfire together. And I was like, okay. And I thought there was going to be more people. <laughs> <laughs> Just me and Kevin Schmidt <laughs> alone. <laughs> At the abandoned pier, all by ourselves. I'm freaking out all the way there. I'm like, Kevin, I hate you. We walk down. We don't even have flashlights. We're walking down the pier, and I'm hearing noise. I'm like, Kevin, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm completely scared right now. He's like, it's okay. There's just homeless men still playing. I'm like, why would you tell me that? Like, I'm just going to freak me out anymore. So we walk down, and there's a metal box that you jump on, and we get down to the sand, and we build our fire or whatever. And all of a sudden, there's big boom. And the metal box is like shaking and just boom, boom. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's got to be a homeless guy. And I look at Kevin and he looks genuinely scared. I was like, okay, he has no idea what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. This is freaky. Well, we let that slide. And uh, Kevin Schmidt, you know how he loves his hammocks. He uh, hammock finally gets comfortable with the, the air around us. The, bo the big booms on the box start going away. So we're getting more comfortable. He sets up his hammock on the pier. And so he's facing the fire, and I'm facing him, which is also facing the pier. And I'm just looking out through the night sky, and all of a sudden I see these two eyeballs on top of the pier staring at me. Just from the nose up, a silhouette of eyeballs and a head. And I whispered to Kevin, after almost crapping my pants with fear, I was just, Kevin, I think somebody is watching us. He's like, no way, no way. He's like, come here, man. So he comes to me, shines the flashlight up. We did have a flashlight, I forgot. But he shines the flashlight up, and we see these two eyes and this guy wearing this blue baseball cap backwards. And he ducks down right when the flashlight gets to him. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And Kevin starts freaking out this time. He's like, oh, hey, you. We, we see you. We see you. And the guy doesn't get up or anything. So we're like, okay, he's not our friend. If he was our friend, he'd be like, okay, you got me, whatever. Come down with us or whatever. But he doesn't get up. Instead, we start seeing his back start slithering closer and closer to the entrance of where we get to the fire. And we're like, oh, we're going to get shanked or something. I'm like, Kevin, let's leave. We'll walk through the water. We'll get on the sandbank the other way. We don't have to go on the pier. 
And Kevin's like, wait, I gotta get my hammock. Like, I'm gonna kill you. We're gonna die from your stupid hammock. So we quit, ripped down his hammock. We move a couple pieces up because I'm like, Kevin, I'm not even, like, I can't do this. Like, we gotta get out of here now. So as we're walking across the water, we look back to the pier. There's four or five more silhouettes walking out. We're like, oh my gosh, we're gonna get, like, shanked. We're gonna get kidnapped or something. But we make it to the other side, make it to the cars. I quickly check the tires to make sure they're not slashed. We get in the car and start going off. And then Kevin makes some phone calls because nobody knew we were out there except for one person. And that was David, David Garapy. And uh, apparently he told Matt that we were out there. Freaking Matt. Matt snuck down. Instead of being, oh, you caught me, he <laughs> decided to keep creeping on us. And just scared the crap out of both of us. It was the most terrifying night of my life. That Matt. Oh my gosh. I've never been so scared in my life. But I will say, they never saw us go to the car. Mm. (laughs) So we snuck, we could get away. We could get away. The scariest part of that story for me is going to a bonfire, and you think you're going to a bonfire, (laughs) and it turns out it's just the two of you. Yes. That Uh, was the scariest part. (laughs) Also, when I tear that story, I feel like it's the lamest story in the world. Can you tear it? Tell it. <laughs> but you're getting an Asian tore accent. Up that story. <laughs> but, but that story, it was so scary. And every time I retell it, I feel like it's just dumber and dumber each time. With Kevin? Yeah. Well, when it I tell, seems pretty scary. When I tell my story, I feel scared again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I get it scared, but like it. for other people listening, I don't think they. No, they're not going to get it. Get it. Like I really believed there were vampires there, <laughs> and I didn't even have a good grasp on yeah. what a vampire would look like or do. <laughs> it's traumatizing. They were there. Oh, yeah, they were. What about you? Why did you? Yeah. Have what about you? Stories? Okay, I have a lot of stories where I was scared, but not none where I was like traumatically scared. Oh yeah. The only one, and that was when I was on a mission trip with my friends in Patterson, New Jersey. He's better than us. And so... <laughs> That's what he's trying to say. Jeez, <laughs> trying to say The three of us were going and, you know, helping poor people and all the things that I did when I was younger. We get it. Uh, You're a true Christian. Yep. You're following Calvin and all <laughs> that. Us heathens over here. Being a good Calvinist. And, uh, and I, uh, we went on a mission trip to Patterson, New Jersey, and we went to the little church there, and we were the only white people in the whole city. I'm pretty sure. And um, so my friends and I, we decided, uh, I mean, yeah, we, we were young and immature and um, naive. And so we decided to go for a walk in, at nighttime um, in this really, like, run-down, low-income neighborhood um, just to explore. And apparently our leaders were, like, totally fine with that. And we were, so we were, like, 15 or something like that. And we, so we all kind of, the three of us, we set out for a walk. And we were just kind of walking around and... Um, we see this like lovely nice guy that we saw at church earlier and he's like hey how are you boys doing and he uh, he kind of tells us uh, so if you walk if you're gonna walk go this way but don't go that way that way just starts to get a little bit you just don't want to go there but if you go this way it's fine so we walk around for a while and then we start to get confused where we are and we're not really quite sure which direction we've gone but all we know is that we've been walking for a while and that since we've been walking the Sun has gone down and it's gotten very dark, and so we, um, we decide we should probably start making our way back, and so we make our way to uh, the road, and we start walking back, and it's really dark at this point, and we're getting really scared, and we don't really recognize anyone, and it's a new city, and all that's left in this neighborhood that we're in is liquor stores and 99-cent <laughs> stores. That's like it. There's like one or the other. Um, liquor stores and 99 cent stores and so 
we're walking <coughs> along, and there's these old, um, there's just like probably six or seven very large gentlemen out front, this like really run down liquor store, we're drinking out of brown paper bags, and we're kind of walking through, and we're like, pretty determined to just like be nice and we just kind of walk through them and we, so we just sort of weave through them in the sidewalk and um and we we get through them fine of course and then uh, we just smile at them and you know how's it going and as we're walking um my friend hears one of them say as we're as we're a little bit far away those are some scared motherfucking kids <laughs> <laughs> yes it's pretty good and and so then we get back to our apartment and we're just sort of sitting outside there waiting, and the sun is fully set at this point. And so this police officer pulls up, and he sort of asks us, "Hey, you boys, so what's going on here? What are you guys doing?" We're like, "Oh yeah, we're just uh, we're just calling to to get up to our place where we were staying." Um, and then and then he was like, "Okay, well uh, let's hope they come soon because it's uh, 9 p.m. and this is when the gangs start coming out." <laughs> And then he gets in his car and he just drives down the street. <laughs> so we've called like two or three times at this point up to, to, to get someone to open the door for us and they're just not picking up for some reason. And so we're just sort of standing and the car's just sort of, the, this cop car pulls to the end of the street and just sort of sits there for a while. So I'm a little bit. And then of course like a young group of 20-somethings walk around the corner and um, a number of other um just people, oh yeah, these girls come up to us, and they're like, hey, how are y'all doing tonight? And we're like, uh, good, how are you? And she's like, y'all G-macking? And we're like, I have no idea what that means, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure we're not. <laughs> um, and uh, so it starts to get pretty scary, and then, so my, I just feel like, I just remember feeling like heat all over my body, and just like starting the stages of hyperventilating, and we kind of call a few more times, Okay, sure, then sure, they're just, you know, something's, you know, it's all good. And then finally, someone opened the door and we were all safe. But that's the scariest sight I've ever been. Hooray! Oh, I hate those uh, ghetto towns. <laughs> They'll get you. <laughs> but I hear Patterson's a great place to visit. Don't let this discourage you. The gang activity is so bad, the cop just ditched me. What kind of does that? <laughs> He's no. like, I can't help you, sorry. <laughs> that was the worst part, is that he was like, Right. It's getting close to 9 o'clock, so you guys better get in soon, because this is when the gangs start coming out. <laughs> My job is mostly warning people. We don't do anything about the gangs. Let's be honest, though. That cop is probably so proud of himself. Like, oh, God, those suckers good. We're, like, we're, in, like, we're in, like, the suburbs of Paxson. There's, like, nothing bad. And he's just, like, oh, he's he's totally these white boys. <laughs> probably patronizing you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's one of the, like the drunk guys you walk through and you talk to. Best friends of cop or something. Oh, that's too good. Yeah. Fear. It'll get you.
fear of failure, fear of success, and the fear of the unknown. We begin the story by entering the mind of a distraught twenty-something named... Mm, let's see, what's trendy these days? How about... Hmm, how about Stanley? Yes, a good name for a protagonist. We join Stanley around four o'clock on a Friday, eight short hours away from the biggest deadline he's had in months. Oh, I'll never finish this on time. Why did I put this off to the last minute like everything else I do? This was supposed to be the one assignment I didn't mess up on. Ah! It appears Stanley has entered his own mind in an attempt to escape the reality presented to him. But that makes for a very boring story. So let's join him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in imagination mode. For the duration of the experience, let your mind fall into the world presented before you. Behold, the mind of Stanley. Oh, no, 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 no. What am I going to do? This assignment is due in eight hours, and I'm completely unprepared to hand in anything resembling a finished product. Tell me, Brain, what should I do? Give me Netflix. I want to watch something with action or danger or boobies. Oh, all together, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> now, now, Id. You know you're not allowed to distract Stanley when he has important things to do. We must convince him that he truly desires the completion of this assignment. He'll be a better person for it. Stanley was dumbfounded. Here in his mind were presented three Freudian figures of which he had only read about. This frightened him to no end. But due to the peculiar nature of the scenario... 
he found himself oddly drawn to what all three figures had to say. Now, now, hold on here one moment. What did you mean I must truly desire the completion of my assignment? And that you'll be a better person for it? Ah, yes. Well, you see, whenever it is happy, it makes our jobs easier. Operating Stanley is a lot more difficult with the addition of a daycare service. Now I want candy. I want to eat so much, I explode. Then I want to go around and collect all the fallen pieces of candy and eat them again. As you can see, productivity is at an all-time low, both inside and outside your mind. I'm still not tracking here. So you're telling me that I'm not only stuck inside my own brain, but that there's three other psycho Freudian So clearly Stanley has issue with the sheer absurdity of himself, his subconscious selves, and an entire audience all inside his head. (laughs) In the interest of time, and because, well, we can, let's fast forward to when Stanley has accepted that somehow he is in dialogue with his internal dialogues. I could have sworn I didn't fast forward past the end of the episode. What? What could... Hmm. Ah, one second. Let me check something. I think I know who is to blame for this. Stanley, control your id. Over crying out loud. I'm down to just six hours of available work time. Will our intrepid hero find the focus and determination to succeed? When he gets sidetracked again? Ooh, candy. Id, shut up. He's got to finish this assignment or he'll never learn to self-motivate. All these things and more next time on... The Misadventures of Stanley Park! On the podcast today, you heard the voices of my dear friends, Danny Grant, Peter Wokel, Martin Ibrahim, and Jesse Phillips. The song Wild Cooking Rice was written and recorded by Michaela Fuqua as part of the Portrait Student album last year. The Misadventures of Stanley Park was written by Clark Strom and performed by Clark Strom, Rachel Smack, and me, Eric DeLang. This amazing intro and outro music was provided by Josh Dower. You can find more of his work at soundcloud.com slash dower. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on iTunes, tell your friends, and be sure to contact me, Eric Delang, at eric.delang at mytwu.ca if you have any songs, poems, stories, or comments you want to share with the program. <laughs>